Well, brethren, as this work progresses and we move ahead, massive changes are underway in this country and all over the world affecting our lives. And most of you know that, but I know that most of you haven't been here to watch it so long, and it doesn't make me any better whatsoever, and I know that, but I've been able to watch it now for over 59 years. I was baptized about 59 years ago next month, and I've been able to watch even the few months before that as I was in Ambassador College and see these things happen. And it's just remarkable to me to see just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other happen that I heard Mr. Armstrong talk about when I was in college and then over in Britain with him and his wife and Dick Armstrong in 1954, which goes back quite a ways as well, and hear him thundering. And he was really going after the British. He said, if you people here in Britain don't wake up and get back to the God of the Bible, God will bring you down. And boy, he said it just like that in Northern Ireland and Glasgow and Scotland and down in Manchester and down in London, England. And I think it was in Manchester, the, the, the custodian was in the back hearing and he came up and shake his fist and I came over and I used to shake my fist so I, I, I shouldn't have hurt him, but I was, I was, I was, I was watching that custodian. If he'd made a wrong move, he was going to be on the floor at least real quick. And, uh, but I didn't think he was going to hit Mr. Armstrong, but I didn't like him coming up kind of yelling at him and threatening him in that way. Mr. Armstrong got very strong. And he said, you're going to lose your empire and there will be no British empire. And I remember him saying specifically, I was a young 24-year-old graduate of the college and I hadn't been out with him in a public situation like that in that same way before with complete total outsiders, 700 of them in, up in, up in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland. And so he said then, he said, God has given you the gates of your enemies, the Suez Canal, and, uh, you know, these other gates, uh, the uh, Strait of Malacca, and uh, so on. And he said, God will begin to take those gates away if you don't turn back to him. And I remember those two things, the gates and the British Empire. About two years later, my wife and I were sent over there. Again, I came back at the end of that summer. And right at that time, as some of you older people remember, the winter of 56, 57, the British lost the Suez Canal. The first gate was taken away. And I happened to be right there, and the British were not happy. And they, some of the filling station owners were so mad, they didn't even let us Americans buy gas. <laughs> they were, you don't need gas from us, because our, our uh, Secretary of State, John Foster Dulles, kind of got in this group of liberals, and they were pressuring the British and French and Israelis to get back out. They came in to retake the Suez and did, and we pressured, oh, don't offend the Arabs and get back out. And so Churchill later talked about Secretary of State Dulles. He said, dull, duller, dullus. <laughs> Which was probably true. Anyway, that's too bad. But those things have happened, and they've been happening rather fast, frankly, in the last several months, as you know. So these things are going to affect our lives and I would like in this brief talk to give you the big picture of things that are underway and how they're going to affect your life and how you can think about it. Because we don't, I haven't been able to speak on prophecy or speak much at all for the last couple of months. So think about what's happening. There are many, many things I could have brought to you at this point, but this one kind of leaped out at me. And uh, it, this is from the Debcra file. 
And it says here, November 20th, just two days ago, Iran has now produced roughly enough nuclear material to make, with added purification, a single atomic bomb, according to nuclear experts analyzing the latest report from global atomic inspectors. Did say later, now. This is the conclusion contained in the report leaked by the International Atomic Energy Agency, that's the IAEA, remember when you read that, in Vienna, for submission to the agency's board. This alarming development is headlined by the New York Times and Bloomberg uh, website on November 20th, but does not rate Israeli official comment or mention on its media, which is kind of interesting. They're quietly planning, if you've been reading all these things, they are planning to attack, probably, and I don't know whether they're going to have the courage to do so or, or, or be afraid that, you know, it is, it's going to cause a great firestorm, as the Minijob said, if they attack Iran. But we had their former president, perhaps future prime minister, I mean, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu on the Glenn Beck program here several weeks ago. And he was saying, as a very well-spoken, very, very capable man, Benjamin Netanyahu, extremely capable. And he said, you Americans are way off and you don't need to worry about it. We said, we in Israel don't have a choice. For us, it's survival. It's survival. We've got to do something. So they probably will. And brethren, the reason I'm bringing this to your attention, they now have, apparently, already, the capacity for one atomic bomb and two or three more in a few months, it says. This is Israel's window of opportunity. They know that when the next president gets in with a very liberal democratic administration, they probably won't help them. They'll probably try to stop them. But under the waning years of the Bush administration, they might get away with it, and Bush might quietly help them. So within the next four to six weeks, about five weeks, just fix that in your mind, this is not forever. <laughs> young people think uh, five months is a long time, but five weeks is not a long time even to you young people. Within the next five weeks, about something like this may happen. I'm not saying it will, but it may create a firestorm throughout the Middle East. And brethren, if that happens, which is certainly very possible, if not probable, then you're going to see a much quicker movement toward the Arab nations getting together into the king of the south and also a much quicker movement toward the, the beast power, ten nations in Europe finally getting together, nations or groups of nations. There will be an inner core control, and this will begin to speed those things up remarkably. And that will affect your life. These are major, major things. So we need to realize that uh, these things are happening. It's not that they are way off somewhere. Some of these things are underway, in a sense, uh, right now. So I hope we can understand and uh, realize what's, uh, what's underway. Then uh, the... Uh, financial meltdown and most of you know all about that that's on the front page and every time you punch on the news and TV why they're talking about two things either in the election or the new president-elect and what he's about to do or the financial problem as you know and this is affecting your life already and I'm sure you're aware of that and it's going to a lot more in the future it's going to change everything but what I want all of you to realize brethren and you young people the world is not going to be the same from now on. I'm just telling you that flat out. 
I know that we have said the world's coming to an end and young people, well, it's never happened, never happened. Well, it's not going to necessarily come to an end in the next five or ten years, although it probably will. That is, the tribulation would begin and somewhere in that time, probably. But the world as we know it is already ceasing to exist right now. The Europeans are already saying publicly that America will not be the great financial power that it has been before, that we're going to have to share the leadership, and all kinds of things are underway right now to totally change our way of life and the prestige that we Americans have enjoyed in the past, and so on. So from now on, you will see a different world, a different world scene quickly developing over the next several months and very few years. And I just tell you that, mark my words, this is going to be a big thing. This may result in food riots. It may result in race riots. It may result in, as we said, and I love our Mexican brethren, I don't need to explain that ten different ways, but as you know, carnal whites and carnal blacks and carnal Mexicans do things the rest of us wouldn't do. And they're having these public meetings right now out there almost every month in San Antonio and Los Angeles and, and, uh, and uh, the western cities, Albuquerque and so forth, the public square is saying, this land is our land and we're going to take it back. And uh, La Raza and these other groups are saying that. So uh, they did have that country and America did take it over. But of course, if they took back the southwest part of the United States, and then the French said, we're going to take back the Louisiana Purchase, which includes the 19 states in the Midwest. And, and Spain said, we're going to take Florida back. And, and you see what I mean? There wouldn't be any United States. But these things are beginning to happen. And we need to understand that these, as we have a breakdown, people get mad when they don't eat. And they lose jobs by the millions now and are already beginning to. It's going to cause people, you'll see the, 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 the bad guys coming out of the woodwork in a way we haven't seen before. I'm not saying next month. I'm saying over the next year or two. But it's beginning to happen right now. So understand, your lives will be completely different. They are not going to be the same in the future as they have been. And I hope we can understand that. There is a new world coming. And it is the kingdom of God. That's our message. A coming government. This world needs world government. The right kind of world government. It's going to get it. But first, we have to go through the tribulation. Just to review a couple of key things. Back in, in Leviticus 26, and I'm not going to read all of it because we've been over this a number of times, but perhaps not for a few months. In Leviticus 26, brethren... God says here, if you obey me and keep my Sabbaths and statutes, I'll give you rain in its season, and you'll eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely, and so on. But he says in verse 14, Leviticus 26:14. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes. We do despise God's statutes. Right now in Massachusetts and Connecticut, they allow these homosexuals to marry men marry men and women marry women and they narrowly voted down that in California and already the homosexuals the sexual perverts are out there lobbying and hollering and having demonstrations across the country saying they're going to overturn that judgment well they probably will this liberal society 
and the liberal administration we will soon have will probably allow that to happen and they will begin to have homosexual marriages then in the largest single state in population California then it will start moving right across the country I'm just telling you it won't be forever until we're going to see men kissing men down here on uh, in Trade and Tryon streets down in Charlotte and we're going to see that kind of stuff going on all over we're going to see it more publicly on TV and the mainstream programs and it's going to be going to turn your stomach if you have an understanding of what God has in mind. But at any rate, we're going to see things like that more than we would like, brethren. This world is not going to be the same. And we allow those things. We murder little babies. There have been over 40 million of them, unborn babies murdered by abortion. And all these women says we need our rights. Well, what about the rights of these 40 million human beings they've destroyed? Do they have any rights? You know, they say uh, you can choose. A woman's right to choose. Well, I've said it this way. A woman can choose to be a mother or she can choose to be a murderess one way or the other. A murder, a murderess, or a mother. So if you despise my statutes or if your soul abhors my judgment so that you do not perform all my commandments but break my covenant, I will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you. If we attack or allow Israel to attack and probably give them indirect backing, Iran, again, that may set off a wave of terrorism beyond what we have ever had. But we're going to continue to have more of that anyway. Terror, that's the first thing he says, which can include terrorism. The first thing, wasting disease and fever. Brethren, we've already had AIDS sweeping across the country and a number of articles have come out saying that the uh, homosexuals in New York and Los Angeles are getting more wild again in their practices because these drug cocktails have been able to suppress the disease more than it used to do and they're getting again more abandoned more wild and they're going to have another wave of that sweeping the country and they'll have other diseases of course and there have been a number of articles along that line uh, coming out and uh, showing that uh, if I hope I did not misplace that I may have, but uh, anyway, showing that these disease epidemics are are happening, and uh, that they scientists predict that there are going to be some terrible uh, epidemics coming across the United States. So I apparently have lost that clipping here, but I had that from uh, the recent. Uh, uh, emails that people have sent to me. But as I say, I get a little bit messed up more than I used to. But this is coming out more and more. They're talking about tens of millions of Americans dying because the bugs are getting to be super bugs and the, the drugs that they have will not have the same effect anymore. And it will simply overwhelm the hospitals and medical workers and people will be dying like flies. And the next time... So we need to understand God said those things will happen. Wasting disease. You'll sow your seed in vain. Your enemies shall eat it. He said after this, verse 18, uh, If you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times or sevenfold more for your sins, and I will break the pride of your power. Well, we've explained before. What are the two biggest symbols, the two largest symbols Osama bin Laden did figure that out. The two biggest symbols of America's power, in a sense, were like the trade center with the financial power and the Pentagon. 
And now our government is overstretched militarily. If we have another war, they've all admitted we don't have the money. We don't have the guns. We don't have the troops. They're all committed in Iraq and Afghanistan. Georgia is invaded by Russia. What do we do? Why, we have a little miss so-and-so there saying that's unacceptable. We have a little woman secretary of state saying that's unacceptable. Do you think that frightened Putin? I don't think that frightens these Gentile leaders. So that's not going to work out well. And uh, we're not going to have that, you know, it's not going to work out well at all as we continue to turn away from God. So we cannot frighten those people by mere words. They're going to have to be frightened by action. God says and God's Word indicates and all history indicates that kind of uh, terrible tyrant is only impressed by overwhelming force. That's the only thing they listen to, overwhelming force. So we are already having the pride of our power broken. And I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. Your strength will be spent in vain, for your land shall not eat its, yield its produce, nor shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. So God indicates our harvests are going to be ruined more and more. They're not totally ruined every time, but we've already had many articles showing that some of our crops have been ruined more there. There is a growing food shortage even before this financial crisis, and that's going to start hitting big time as well, probably within a very few years. Then back in Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy chapter 28, God speak again, a parallel prophecy saying, If you keep my commandments, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the fruit of your body, and the produce of your ground, and so forth. But in verse 15, it shall come to pass, if you do not obey uh, the voice of the eternal your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you, the statutes were important to God too, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, the field. Cursed shall be your basket, your kneading bowl, the things that you eat. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body. More of us will have children that are deformed and more childhood diseases and all this kind of thing. Verse 20, notice this, the eternal will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed. And brethren, it seems everything is going wrong. Everything, and we're going to see that more and more unless we go back to God, which I don't see any tendency toward doing that, and I'm sure you don't either. He says in verse 41 of this continuing prophecy, You shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. That's sad. Our own children will go into captivity. Locusts shall consume your trees and produce of your land. The alienism who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. And we see that happening more and more. He shall lend to you. They're going to take over the banks, insurance companies, and so on, and outside aliens as well, the Japanese and Chinese. The Chinese are now the biggest holder of American debt. It's come out just the last few days. And uh, they, they, we owe them, you know, trillions of dollars when you include all the national debt we have. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you're destroyed. Why? Very clear. Because you did not obey the voice of the eternal your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. 
So God Almighty tells us, he told our ancestors here, and most of you know that we are the descendants as a, as a group, the original founders of this country, the Anglo-Saxon Celtic people, and the others among us will suffer the same problem because the atomic bombs have no respect of persons and all these diseases and so on. We are going to be punished unless we really repent as a nation and get back to God. So we have to understand times they are changing. They are changing, and the society will never be the same again. Now, brethren, we need to really wake up, and I hope we do, wake up and get back to the God of the Bible. I pray our nation will. We're going to get as strong as they allow us to on television without getting kicked off. I think we already are right on the edge of the line. So we're going to have to get as strong as we possibly can, and even stronger in our personal sermons. The scripture I used at the feast, but I hope you'll turn to it here, Deuteronomy 24, something we don't preach about too often, but very meaningful right now. Turn to Deuteronomy, I'm not Deuteronomy, at Proverbs 24. Better drink this tea, uh, tea for my throat. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. God says here, like a prophecy right in the middle of Proverbs. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It's so easy to get turned aside. And brethren, I could faint in the day of adversity. I'm having this problem, but I cannot quit. I've got to keep right on as long as God gives me strength. And each of you has to keep right on. We know there's a real God. We know these things are true, most of us. Deliver those that are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. Try to help them wake up while you can. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He's thinking about your response to his word. He who keeps your soul, does not he know it? And will not he render to each man according to his works, as it is in the King James, or his deeds? So God is watching. How much do we do to help get the warning message out to these people who are stumbling to the slaughter? The greatest slaughter in human history. The greatest tribulation in human history is about to happen. And we've got to help people to know. We've got to help people to understand. We've got to help people to wake up and reach out to them with every fiber of our being. That's what God wants us to do. So I hope we can all do our part. In Psalm 33 then, meanwhile, just thinking about us, I'm just giving you some overview things here today. But in Psalm 33, it's one of my favorite psalms. And I read part of this to Mr. Crockett uh, this morning on the telephone to hopefully encourage them. Psalm 33, verse 10. I'd like to read it all, but I won't like time. I plan to give more than 4 minutes and 37 seconds to Mr. Uh, Winnale, actually, if I can. I think there'll be more than that. Yeah, quite a bit more. <laughs> we want to have a song after this, I'm sure, to break it up. And Dylan, if I think it'd be good. The Eternal brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the nations, they're planning this and that. Think about it. God brings their counsel to nothing. They're going to plan all kinds of ideas, and our new president is probably going to try. I think he means well, and we want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But can he save the situation? No. Could uh, John McCain have saved the situation? No. Could George Bush have saved the situation? No. Nobody can frankly save the situation unless we repent as a nation. God brings the plans of the people to nothing. 
He makes the plans of, to no effect. The counsel of the eternal stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the ever-living one and the people whom he has chosen as his own inheritance. The eternal looks down from heaven. We all want to think about this. God is looking down today. He's seeing how you respond to his word, his message, his truth, to his work. He's watching all of us. He looks down from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He's working with me. He's working with you. He's trying to teach every one of us here lessons for all eternity. He wants us to totally surrender our heart, our mind, our will to Him. Satan will try to get at us. He will try to turn us aside. He will try to get our mind distracted and go off in the things of this world, you see, and just have fun. Or he will let us get offended by something and get our feelings hurt about nothing. Here's the great purpose of God. And people get mad about some deacon or what some elder said or did or something. All the time, people have those things come on them. Whatever it is, don't let that kind of thing bother you. Try to think big. See the big picture. There's a real God. He's had a church. He's guided down through the ages. He's working through that church to do His work. So if you want to be in His kingdom, always try to see the big picture and understand that. He fashions our hearts individually. He considers all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety, neither shall it deliver by its great strength. But we could day to day any tank or, or uh, you know, atomic submarine, it doesn't mean any weapon of war is not going to save you. Behold, the eye of the eternal is on those who fear him. Again, God's eye is on us. Remember Jesus said back in Matthew 10, every hair of our heads is numbered. That's comforting to me. I hope it is to you as we have these sicknesses and troubles. God knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly our problem. Every hair of our head is numbered. His eye is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the eternal. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let your mercy, O eternal, be upon us just as we hope in you. And brethren, I'll tell you one of the outstanding things about Mr. Herbert Armstrong. He had various faults and he could make mistakes like we all do. But he had a lot of faith and he trusted in God. And he said many times in a way, in many situations, and I heard him, and I know Mr. Partian heard him too. He says, I don't care if you all leave. He says, Loma and I, his wife, we're going to keep right on. We'll raise up the work all over again if we have to. We've got to obey God. And he says, Herbert Armstrong has made many mistakes, but he's always tried to be faithful to God's Word. And so let's try to do that. We need faith and we need courage because we have trusted in His holy name. Everything God stands for, we have trusted in that. And in these trials ahead... We're going to have to have that kind of faith and trust in God to make it into His kingdom.